What's up? This is Matt Franco. And this is Eric Dittleman. Welcome to Mind Over Magic. Matt, we did it. We didn't do a full episode talking before we started recording this time. <laughs> Only 15 minutes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the show before the you, show. Good to catch up with you, too. But I got a lot to chat about and uh, uh, ton, tons that I've done this week. But uh, what about you, sir? Give, give me the quick uh, Vegas lowdown. I've got an exciting day today, actually. You do today? Okay, cool. I'm nervous, brother. I'm nervous. For what? What's happening? Got meetings today on Zoom. Okay. With uh, the creative team, mm-hmm. scenic design, magic side, creative side, um, and video side, because the part I'm most nervous about, because we're revamping or adding to the revamps we've done already uh, of the show in January coming up. Um, and one of the things that's on the top of my list is new video content for the opening video Mm. and the, the middler video, which right now is like a brother's family video. Yeah. So this is not the pre-show video that you've added recently, which I love by the way, is the, just all your TikToks and like, it's getting everyone engaged before seeing some magic before your show starts. Yeah, well, that'll get updated too, of course, as right. as TikToks are updated. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, that's the easy part. But you're talking about the intro video that kind of starts your show before you walk out on stage. Yeah. And then the video uh, before your card manipulation. Yeah. 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 Great. So I'm pretty nervous about it. So I've had mm. two opening videos in the during the run of the show, um, and the first one we've now gone back to. So like we had an original one. We had a revamped version. Then I actually went back. Coming out of the mm. pandemic, I felt the tone was right yeah. to go with the original video that we had done. And now um, it's time for the third iteration. And I'm really, like, nervous because I have – today's, like, the first day I'm going to force myself to sit down and sort of try to storyboard. Mm-hmm. Okay, what is the story we're telling here? I don't want to just, like, rehash exactly what that last one was. Um, but at the same time, the tone is almost there and I have just a couple of ideas, but like, it's not all there yet. So like, I'm a little nervous to tackle it. Well, this is why you have those meetings is so that you can spitball ideas and kind of refine in them. Like, I'm sure you have an idea of where, what direction you want it to go, but now it's using your team to help, you know, narrow that idea. Direction. Yes. But like, not exactly. Like, for example, I don't, I'm not set on the scene yet. In other words, the setting. Mm Mm-hmm. Like that makes such a huge difference on what the um, what the feel of the whole thing is. I don't want it to be anything too extraneous. I want it to feel personal. But like, you know, the current video is sort of this dressing room walk to stage. Sure. Yeah. Sentimental almost story. Um, It doesn't need to be backstage. It could be anywhere. It could be outdoors. It could be, you know. At home, it could be at the on the link promenade. It could be in the theater, sitting in one of the seats. It could be anywhere. So uh, I have to figure all that out. Do you want me just to record this Zoom we're having now and use this as your intro? It could just be a podcasting studio in your house. If you <laughs> can help with the storyboarding process, yes. Uh, what if the video is of the storyboarding process or the Zoom you're about to have? <laughs> so it's like a meta intro of how you got there 
I think it's Gary V who says don't create documents. So you might be on the right track. <laughs> now, now, do you are you planning uh, switching back to the serious mode? Uh, are you uh, are you planning on um, obviously your video now has like footage from AGT and your other television appearances? Are you planning on reusing those clips and then also filming new stuff, or is it going to just it, be a, more of a collage? Or what are you thinking? Okay, so last time I did this, I did sort of a post-production project. This is going to be more of a, a full, you production. know, high-end production. Yeah. So, so, so that, not to say mm-hmm. that there couldn't be clips uh, from any time mm-hmm. throughout my career. I, I love using, you know, there's some great footage of me as a kid, stuff yeah, like that. Yeah. Um, and I hope to see some of that stuff in there. But there will certainly be the intention is that, that you know, there'll be um, other footage as well that, you know, kind of goes with this whole thing. Yeah, that we create from scratch. Nice, nice. And it was it, it was interesting because it did stand out a little bit. I mean, you don't look much different from when you started the show, but you definitely look a little bit older now. So I, would I think, think so. Yeah, think uh, updating. Yeah, just even just that image. I was like, oh, yeah, it was it was nice watching the intro and being like, oh, that is young Matt. <laughs> you know, like. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but now he's now he's like Vegas. Uh, you know, settled in Vegas Matt, which is a whole different it's vibe. It's a whole different well. Matt. It's a whole different Matt. <laughs> and um, you know, even the brothers' video. I mean, it would mm-hmm. be kind of cool to do an updated version of that. Something fa- family oriented right. as it goes into the. Um, story about my grandma and stuff like that. Eventually, that's where it gets to in the live show. So, but I mean, it'd be kind of cool now that both of my brothers have actually moved out here right. to kind of, there, there's, you know, some narrative in there that would be interesting to share, I'm sure. So, you mean to tell me both of your brothers live out in Vegas now and they still both haven't been on the podcast? Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, they're not really podcasters, so to no, speak. They're no. a little bit more, you know, behind the scenes they're type of guys. The there you go. <laughs> well, one of them's here right now, actually. We'll have uh, uh, one of these days. We'll have just uh, them pop in, and we'll just have them like say hello or something for our <laughs> listeners. <laughs> Fair enough. There we go. There we go. Well, that's exciting. It's always fun when you're creating new stuff and trying to like you know uh, narrow down that focus, like I'm saying, and like getting the production team uh, all on the same page. And I mean, the shoots are always fun, right? Because you get to do you know they're long, the right? It can be long. They're long, and like I'm gonna try to bang them out, like just to. I think it would be most efficient to do the most in, both in the same day if we mm-hmm. have our script down. You yeah, know? yeah, absolutely. Why that have would be the, the smart way to do it. It'll be a long day, but mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. it's doable. And then uh, also ambitious magic ideas for the Ooh. show too. A couple of them. Well, three of them, but yeah. I don't know that third one. I haven't figured out yet. Well, none of them are figured out yet. Ah. <laughs> yeah, you anyway. you only gave me a hint on one of them, and I pitched in uh, just an idea. Or for maybe an illusion that you might be adding to your show, oh, which we can't talk about. Publicly what was your yet. idea though? Um, I sent you a photo of me doing laundry. If that rings oh, a bell. you did send a photo <laughs> of you doing laundry, and let me tell you what an inspiration it was. <laughs> Not many I people. We talked about that one. Get to uh, see the behind the scenes of Diddleman doing laundry, but uh, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. Well, that's exciting. That's good. That'll be fun. Yeah, I can't believe I forgot to show you. I had something to show you last time you were here, and I, I'm so sad I forgot to show you. All right. Well, anyway, next, next time. time that way I I can Fine. explain to you what's going on. Yeah, you like. Guess it, I'll have to book another show in Vegas to come out. Might as well, man. <laughs> I'm actually starting to wonder if you spend more time on stage <laughs> or in the audience of theaters. I mean, I'm in a I'm on day eight of a ten day in a row run. Yeah. 
but I still think you've been in the theater more than I have. I trying to make the most of my downtime, but although I'm I'm slowly realizing like tonight's like the first night I have like off off in a long time where I'm not seeing a show, I'm not doing a show. And it's it's one of those things that keep reminding yourself like if you don't take the time off, your body will sort of choose for you when it's not convenient. So uh, mm-hmm. you know, I'm very excited to be resting tonight. Uh, but um, but that doesn't mean I still don't have a lot of work to do tonight. <laughs> but right. it's just will be home office work. But I've been on the road, Matt. I think last time we talked was right before I left for Minneapolis. And let me tell you a fun little travel story of what that whole experience was like, Matt. <laughs> to Minneapolis? Uh, yeah, I was. I had two shows in you know, Wisconsin and Minnesota, all in the Minneapolis range, like a, yep, yep. Uh, that, that wide circle around it. Uh, but I flew into Minneapolis, and I knew before I even arrived that rental cars were going to be an issue because they w- I couldn't rent a car at the airport. This is happening all the time now. Yeah. Right? It, it has to do with, again, these rental car companies during the pandemic got rid of a lot of their fleet. They didn't expect the return to come back. So it's like just a lack of stock, essentially. That, that's what I've experienced the few times I've tried in the past couple of years. Yeah. Now, I didn't have to go as far as renting a U-Haul again this time, but like <laughs> like that famous story. But um, But I did... I was like, I was shocked because it was like Minneapolis is a huge airport. It's a huge hub, and they didn't have rental cars. So what I did is I had to land, Uber down to downtown to pick up a rental car from one of the downtown locations. Uh, drove, did a show about an hour away. That was a lot of fun. Had a day off, which uh, I have a topic about that in a second. Uh, then the next show was two hours away, and they booked me a hotel by that that school I did and then that show started at 10 p.m. Matt okay so I'm leaving the next day okay so I get back to my hotel at midnight yep I've literally I've been down this road so many times Uh I could have said midnight before you yep I get an hour of sleep after like arguing with the front desk to like tell the party above me to like tell them to stop making noise sounds about right (laughs) yep and then hop in my rental car, drive two hours to drop off my, um, my, uh, my car downtown <laughs> to Uber back to the airport, catch my 6 a.m. flight. I'm there in time. I'm on the plane. And guess what happens, Matt? We have to deplane. Uh, <laughs> Mechanical issues. <laughs> oh, my gosh. And I'm well, tra- well, now, I'm, you, you only got one hour of sleep? Is that what you said? One and a, one hour, one an hour and a half. I still Why? Have because you had to drive all the way downtown to drop off the rental? Because I had to drive two hours first back to Minneapolis. Near the airport. Yeah. Drop yeah. off the downtown rental. What was the point of the hotel, honestly? Exactly. I guess before the show. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I, got a, right. I got a quick nap in before the show. <laughs> okay. Wow. But, uh, but yeah, it was, it was wild. And I'm rushing back because I'm trying to make Comic-Con. Uh, which mm-hmm. is another thing we'll get into in a second, but um, uh, the, the the flight attendant or the 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 new plane they were gonna get us, the 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 gate agent was like, it's not gonna leave till one p.m. I was like, I had all that extra time I could have slept, but I did the trick. This is the trick. This is the key move. If you have lounge access, go to the agents in the lounge to help change flights or rebook you. Um, yeah. One was very nice, got me on a 10 a.m. flight back. I got back in New York around 1. It was key. It was key. Because you're not going to find customer service anywhere other than there. 
Yeah, I mean, just because you're getting all the gate agents who are just being attacked by everyone. So, yeah. like, to go to the lounge where they're kind of more pinpointed and customer service and want to... They're, they're making you appreciate the miles and loyalty <laughs> by going mm -hmm. to these lounges. So they were great and they were fantastic. And I got back okay. But boy, I was exhausted after I'll that bet. Trip. Yeah, that, that, that takes a beat. Your body takes a beating doing stuff mm -hmm, like that. Mm -hmm. Now, I did have a day off in the middle of those two shows, uh, mm -hmm. just randomly in Minneapolis. Uh, how do you treat days off on the road back when you were touring? Or um, did you have I try to off? enjoy them. Yeah. Yeah, I would, like, explore. Like, one of the more memorable ones would be when I went to Lambeau Stadium for a tour. Nice. Because I happened to be in Green Bay, you know? And I did, like, the things you do in Green Bay. I got a grilled cheese. I you know, yeah. went to Lambeau. And, and, you know, stuff like that, like, where I just don't necessarily plan, but sort of figure out, okay, where am I? What is this place known for? What's, like, the thing I'm supposed to do here? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that, that is what I try to do. I used it as a day just because I knew I had a crazy weeks coming up to like sleep in and rest. Oh, that's cool, and too. And then uh, just played it very low key. I was by Wisconsin, so, um, you know, I had a burger that had like cheese curds on it. So I felt like oh, I got the, go. the local flair, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I saw a movie because I hadn't been to the movies in a while. I saw a friend in that new Don't Worry Darling movie. Uh, my friend, uh, my friend isn't Harry Styles. Uh, just I, you know, <laughs> I just I haven't been amped up on the movies that have been in the theaters lately because I think they're all going straight to streaming. So like, not a great, not a lot of great comedies are going into the theaters right. lately. Yeah, for, for a while now. I would agree, and I also think their marketing is like it's they're not really pushing these movies so much. Uh, there's a lot that come to theaters that I'm like, I didn't even hear about this movie. So. Right. Yeah. But uh, this one had a lot of like drama and buzz about like the inner inner workings of making the movie. So I knew about this one, but I also had a friend in it. So I wanted to support him. Uh, Harry Styles. Not, not Harry Styles. He wasn't the friend. <laughs> uh, but I did make it back for Comic-Con, Matt. And That's great. So I've never been. Yeah. I try to go. I've been. This is maybe my fourth or fifth year going now. Mm -hmm. And uh, I, I didn't get to take full advantage because I was on the road. I had gigs, which is always great. And I'm very appreciative of those. But then I get, got back and I was just like, oh, Comic-Con is uh can be exhausting too so i was very little sleep uh i went uh to a couple panels matt but the highlight was the reunion for back to the future between michael j fox and christopher lloyd that uh, sounds awesome tell I mean, me you've I, you know seen... you know me i'm not familiar with the movie but that sounds awesome <laughs> i was gonna say <laughs> tell no it really does i'm not i'm not back even kidding yeah, that sounds really cool because I love like nostalgic things mm -hmm. like that. It's cool that they were there. You know what I mm -hmm. mean? And like mm -hmm. answering questions of like really probably some pretty diehard fans of the movie and all that. I mean, that's just awesome. Right. Well, it's also they're getting up there in age. Like Christopher Lloyd, I think, is like in his 80s. And um, Michael J. Fox, uh, you know, everyone was kind of wondering how he would be because he's, you know, very advocate for Parkinson's treatment and awareness and uh, but he was so sharp and funny and like yeah. he carried the panel like he's mm -hmm. he's an incredible human being so uh, it was great the fans went wild then just seeing all the the like the variety and Hollywood reporters and all these news outlets just covering this panel that we happened to be at and like it was really 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 fun I, uh, I, I should mention I'm actually friendly with um, and I've probably mentioned him here before like a comic con aficionado Someone oh. who goes to all of them uh, on the working side of it, oh, making no appearances. Way. 
Um, Jason Font is his name, and he is a uh, he's the Red Ranger. Oh yeah, I saw some booths that had the Power Rangers and stuff like that. So he wasn't at this Comic Con mm-hmm. because he was getting married in Las Vegas. There you go. And he brought the whole wedding to the show. We've gotten to know each other just because he's been to the show a number of times and we've become friendly. And it's just such a class act. What a great guy. But I was asking him what it's like to be on that comic con circuit. Mm-hmm. And like, you know, you must see a lot of the same people, a lot of the time, a lot of the other power Rangers, even yeah. and people in other aspects, like sort of, it's almost like going to the NACA conferences right. that we've talked about on the podcast before you kind of get to know the people that are working the circuit a bit, which is, is kind of fun. Uh, he said he loves doing it, you mm-hmm. know, aside from, you know, just the, like straight up acting career, like doing those appearances and stuff too is is a lot of fun. Yeah, it seems like you only have to be in like one beloved, you know, sort of fantasy, sci-fi, nerdy, you know, genre of movie or TV. And then you can make a like a decent living by going from con to con. I mean, there's a whole photo and autograph area, which was sort of a mess this year, but it was just like you prepaid, it had to go online. There's mm-hmm. reservations for these panels too that sold out so fast. So like mm-hmm. I was sort of like kind of winging in my experience through Comic-Con and you know, it was the first year it felt like it was fully back because I did go last year and it was it was a pared down version because it was right after lockdown uh, had ended. So but it was still like fun. But this one, you could tell there were masses and masses of people even just walking around the showroom floor and just yeah. everyone in costumes. And it was it was great. It was really fun. Um, the other the other ones I got to mention, the panels I went to, I went to a fun um Wednesday uh, Adams from the Adams family. There's a new Netflix show. So I popped into that panel a little bit with Fred Armisen's going to pl- be playing Uncle Fester. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, so that'll be uh, that'll be fun. Uh, I was super excited about the Muppets Mayhem uh, panel, which is, uh, uh, you know, my affection for the Muppets. Sure. Uh, we've talked about me sponsoring Statler from Statler and Waldorf in the um, the Muppet exhibit here in New York. But um this is uh, the Electric Mayhem band, you know, with Animal as the drummer. They're going to be recording a album, and uh, it's a whole series on Disney Plus. Uh, but it was just cool to see Bill Beretta is like been working for the Muppets for a long time. He's the voice of Doctor Teeth and a bunch of other characters that he created, like uh, Pepe the Prawn and Bobo. And just to see him just go effortlessly throughout the voices it's so incredible to see the talent that's yeah <laughs> involved in all of this he was also do you remember the show dinosaurs matt i feel like i do actually yeah it was like yeah. they were kind of it was like a live action with giant like muppet yeah. characters yeah he, i kind of watched it i think he was in the suit for earl the dad <laughs> oh okay so gotcha. that's like just crazy i, feel like I remember the fun baby. fact yeah not the mama yeah the- <laughs> that was it yeah <laughs> exactly yep. yeah i was pretty young when that came out but i do remember it vaguely and then one that I think, I, uh, if your sensibilities uh, align with mine, uh, I went to the Weird Al movie panel. <laughs> Do you know there's a Weird Al movie coming out, Matt? I actually did, yeah. Are you a Weird Al fan? I enjoy Weird Al. Good, good, good. So Daniel Radcliffe from Harry Potter is playing Weird Al. <laughs> oh, okay. That I didn't know. And it's funny because he's mentioned, he goes... Um, uh, when I got the offer, I was like, so many other people are more physically like Weird Al that this would work like better because Daniel Radcliffe was a pretty you know short guy and yeah. Al's tall and he's like. Then I read the script. And I was like, oh, I see what they're going for because they're playing it off as if it's a hundred percent factual, even though okay. it's clearly exaggerated because they're just okay. spoofing biopics that came out like for Elton John and Freddie Mercury. 
episode. There you go. So, like, the whole story is about him, like, dating Madonna, <laughs> which never happened. <laughs> Very appropriate for Weird Al for exactly. to be a spoof on a biopic. So, anyway, those were the, the four main panels I went to, and it was so, such a great experience, and uh, I'm, I was happy to nerd out a bit. Uh, That's that. awesome. Yeah, <laughs> but it was exhausting. It was definitely exhausting. Yeah, just, it's just one day you go, or I went two days. I went Saturday okay. and Sunday. Well, how many days is it though? Three four, days. Four days. Oh wow. Yeah, so I missed the first two because I was on the road, gigging, but that mm-hmm. those gigs allow me to pay for things like comics. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, maybe one of these days. I've I've had an idea for a panel for a long time, but again, just you have to pitch a panel. You have to know the right people. So eventually, for Comic Con, you mean? Yeah, but to do something that's sort of magic related but tied into the whole nerd fandom, uh, we'll see. Can you happens. say the idea, or is this not something? Uh, you can it's not something really, but it has to do because then like, someone might say steal it. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's possible, yeah. But it would involve a performance in some way as well. Okay. So it could be one of those things I could pitch or just do the same weekend as Comic-Con and trying to advertise and get like a sh- an off-site show that's unofficially not tied into Comic-Con. But like, I don't like that idea as much. No, it'd be cooler if it was part of Comic-Con. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, man. So, oh man, I was just, yeah, it was exhausting from that whole weekend. And uh, yeah, I was doing more shows. I was at the Midnight Theater again. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I want to um, bring this up because we it just happened to be very warm for some reason in the venue this, this time. And, I don't uh, even want to. Oh, I don't want to think about that. Go ahead. Tell I know, me. I know. But Ugh. do you know what, what? What do you? What is your ideal temperature for a theater? Because there is a phrase that I, I'm I, I'm kind of uh, go by when it comes to theater temperature, and I don't I, know. If I'm you with know David it. Letterman on this. Okay. Yeah. What is the? What is sixty he degrees? He goes sixty degrees. Hundred percent, because by the time bodies get in there, it naturally rises. Mm-hmm. Um, it's much better for you and the audience, even if the audience doesn't know it. But I've done thousands of these, and I know <laughs> a cold show is much better than a hot show. And I've done hot shows when ACs were broken in venues and things like that. Um, yeah, that so is so that aligns nice and cool. Bring, you know, it's like <laughs> think of it like a movie theater. You yeah. know, like. You know, and I it's it's a shame if people don't know to bring like some sort of shawl or overcoat or whatever um, if they are the type that like gets cold easily. But uh, you're going to be much happier being too cold than too warm in that scenario. It just makes for a better show for a list of reasons that we don't necessarily need to get into right this moment. But go ahead. No, I was going to say that um, that aligns with the phrase that I've always heard is cold for comedy. Oh, so yeah. It's, oh, you yeah, just absolutely. remember that that little phrase just because it's so alliterative. Uh, but, um, yeah, it's always better because then people are more likely to pay attention. They're not like they're alert. They're not thinking about the heat. I mean, you can always put layers on, like you're saying. Yeah. But, like it keeps people attentive and not like dozing off or yeah no the, like the heat will zap your strength and energy mm-hmm. for, of the performer of the audience um and part of it too i think uh, from what i've heard in the letterman uh studios which you've been to right i've Didn't been you? to one taping yeah was it cold i don't remember the temperature see isn't that funny yeah. <laughs> um but anyway i heard it was also partially because of the equipment oh you're right but yeah. i think he was steadfast on it being 60 yeah yeah i don't it, think we actually do 60 i think we probably do 65 but sure I push for 60. 
<laughs> Always lowering. <laughs> just I just picturing you with the thermostat, just hitting the button like constantly, while someone else is like trying to crank it up a little. I don't even know where the thermostat at the link is, frankly. But, but uh, casinos, it's not just like a basic thermostat. There's a whole yeah, system, you know. Yeah. But it was one of those things is when you realize what the audience is thinking before you even step on on stage, you have to address the elephant in the room. Hundred percent. And you have to, uh, like, again, it was you get them attentive and energized because I could tell they were trying to, like, not doze off, but, like, <laughs> no offense to the comedian that opened for us, but, like, they were just a little, it's funny to use these terminologies, they weren't warmed up enough. <laughs> yeah, right, right, right. Uh, because it was too warm, I guess. But, uh, yeah. but like, I, I think I even started with, like, I know it's the midnight theater, but you don't have to sleep yet, <laughs> you know, like, something like that. Right, right. But uh, then I got everyone up and, you know, going, and it was a good show overall. There was a really funny moment that happened in this latest show is I brought up someone for my holiday routine, and um, the person I brought up, I was like, what's your name? They go, oh, Darian. I go, cool, great name. Uh, I start to go on, and she stops me, and she goes, uh, I'm also here with my best friend who's also named Darian. <laughs> Okay. I'm like, oh, that was a weird detail that you added, but like, you just happen to be two best friends named Darian. (laughs) Right. Going to the show. And I'm just trying to improvise off the moment. I'm like, you're not from Darian, Connecticut, are you? Because that would be too much. She's like, no, no, no. And then I go to the next person. I go, your name's not Darian, is it? Because that would be weird. She goes, no, it's Aaron. And I was like, whoa, that's close enough, (laughs) right? Right, right, right. I was like, don't do truth or dare with Aaron and then ask her to dare Aaron like I was trying to just find whatever wordplay I could do so then I you know we work with her and then finally the third guy go your name's not Darren is it and he's like no it's actually Eric so I was like that's my name there was like a weird name coincidence thing that happened at this routine that was so strange Matt did I tell you about the people I brought on stage that like as I started talking to them they told me they came to come to the show in April and that I pulled them on stage in April. Right. And that it was for the same bit. Did I tell you this? You did, yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah. yeah it just it, reminded me of it with the whole name thing. And it's something about just whatever energy that person's giving off. Apparently. I, I don't know the answer to that. Um, <laughs> one time in the – that was the hot show where you had the Darians? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, we just were – we were. I was finding so many elements to improvise off of. And like, right. this was like just getting, you know, gold on a platter <laughs> to, yeah. to play with. That's I not the expression. One, That's a new expression. <laughs> I had one night, um, and of course, I, I wrap up my show with this, you know, sort of unique piece of magic where I'm wrapping together the whole night. And um, there was one show I remember in particular where it was super hot in the room for one reason or another. And I dished out, for example, I don't remember what the number was, but let's say it was 9 9. Mm-hmm. And I said, which is also the temperature in the theater uh. tonight. <laughs> and. The reason I thought of that is because you mentioned, you know, it's calling the elephant in the room. You have to. Yeah. And that that killed, you know, that was like, you know, yeah. OK, we, yeah, we're all hot, too. You know, Absolutely. we're all in it together. Yeah. So. It's, it's having a point of reference that you can all agree on. Yeah. And I'm sure I've mentioned this before when in the improv world, if there's a the reason you get the person, place and thing out right at the top of the scene is so that the audience isn't left wondering about any of those details and they could sit and just enjoy what's happening on stage because mm-hmm. if you just uh if there's anything kind of left unaddressed whether right. it's a hot temperature that everyone's aware of that no one's addressed yet right. it creates a giant question mark metaphorically over the stage so then everyone's attention is on that instead of what's happening on stage and right. so you try to eliminate that question mark as best as possible 
Mm-hmm. Uh, and you do that by addressing things, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> calling it out. Uh, yeah. It was also interesting, too, switching from, like, the Midnight Theater coming off of the colleges of just, like, the tone. Because I could be a little bit dirtier at this adult venue. Uh, so <laughs> I was <laughs> cursing a little bit more than I usually do. Because I usually save at least one because it's so unexpected for me. But uh, right. to, like find that tone shift between my show and by the way i'm saying that and my show's never like super dirty or over the top but again to see where that wiggle room is between like a strict like family-friendly college show to a more adult like late night drinking crowd show right do you do any adjustments between types of venues or types of shows i mean obviously your major gig now is the your vegas show and you have to stay within a certain range for your character I don't have to. I choose to, right? Yeah, Obviously, there's to. no yeah. requirement in Las Vegas <laughs> right, right. to, uh, you know, right. have any sort of, um, you know, PG rating. That's not a rule. Right, right, right. It's actually interesting. Since the pandemic, I didn't intentionally do this, by the way, but my show is completely wiped clean. Like, mm-hmm. it used to be pretty laden with innuendos. Sure, if yeah. If you recall. Mm-hmm. But if you recall seeing it recently... They're literally all gone. I mean, there isn't, I don't think there's a single innuendo that's scripted into the show. And like, I think there's very seldom an improv moment that Mm. like teeters on that. And I don't know how or why that happened. Um, It wasn't a conscious decision to do that? It was not a conscious decision. Um, Just a couple of the bits got wiped out because they like were a little too interactive or whatever. So like pandemic wise, blah, blah, blah. And like, you know, the, the, so the material shifted. So really it was only like a couple of bits that allowed me to go into that space, which made it normal to go in that space throughout the show. Mm, mm. And like now that those bits are no longer there, it it actually would feel a little bit weird to kind of just dip into that space. You're right. I, I don't know. It wasn't intentional, but yeah, I, I don't mind it. And and I see a lot more people referring to it as more family. It was always family friendly. Right. But instead of it, instead of it feeling like 16 plus, it feels more like, you know, you could go a little bit younger and, and feel total. Like, there's no reason anyone wouldn't feel completely mm. safe bringing mm. their, their family with kids to the show. And, and um, whereas before, I think they still were comfortable with it. But like it just it just teetered the Shrek line more than it does now. Sure. The Shrek you know? line. I like that. Right. <laughs> yeah. 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 I mean, I think I, it went a little further than Shrek does back yeah. in the day. And, and because I used to go further than that in the colleges. Right. Yeah, exactly. There was a lot more innuendo. and. Uh, yeah. And then a lot of that didn't even play in mm-hmm, Vegas. Mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I had to scale it back when I came to Vegas just because it didn't play. Right. Um, and I learned that really quickly, like audiences that were strictly college responded much differently than general Mm -hmm. public um just the same way a family weekend is different than when you just have students uh and then yeah ever since the pandemic it's just been squeaky squeaky clean wow yeah um and again not an intentional decision but i don't really have an intention of changing it at this point it's kind of it's kind of cool Right. Well, it's also a great marketing, you know, business decision to be, you know, the the welcoming show that any family can bring and not worry I suppose. about, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I think it was it was even from like a business standpoint, I think it was family friendly enough before. Right. 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 Because it really was never bad. No. But no, like there no. was a ton of like. Sure. Innuendo yeah. jokes. I mean, I don't know how else to say it. Like, yeah, stuff that the adults might get that the young kids might not, which is yeah, like, but I what think you're the referencing. Yeah, but I think the young teens even would get it, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean, yeah. maybe? 
I don't that, know. I feel like kids grow up pretty fast. There's that line some magician uses, like, if you, if you kids get it, it's not my fault. <laughs> yeah, right, right. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it just feels it feels taboo now, given the, the tone mm-hmm, of the show at mm-hmm, this point. Mm-hmm. I think yeah. I just wanted everything to be uplifting and bright coming yeah. out of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So there's just a little bit less of, like, sort of, a lot of those innuendo jokes were ragging on this or that right. playfully with audience right. members. And I just kind of wanted everything to feel more positive. And right. I think that was the, uh, the approach there. Uplifting. And even though it's handled well, that no one felt like the butt of the joke, but like you could still technically say it's like, you know, playing off of someone in that way. Yeah. And you just wanted to get rid of that. Yeah, yeah. 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 I guess so. Yeah. The tone is just shifted a little bit more endearing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, yep. yeah, it's really interesting. So, so you actually are still sort of depending on the audience. You're you're choosing, and you might always can choose to do yeah. that. Yeah, well, you're I, always choose. You know what your threshold is, and then it's just a matter of based on the crowd how far you're gonna take it. I think for me, it's a, it's not a conscious choice to you know like I'm gonna be like I'm gonna raunch up this show tonight for the adult crowd. I think it's just from my skills from the improv background as I'm listening to the audience throughout so like i'm you know i have lines and jokes in the show and if they're not landing the way i expect them to i'm looking for any opportunity that i can play because that's what i love doing my live show is it's like i always say my show is always a little bit better when it slightly goes off the rails (laughs) not that i'm encouraging that but it's just so that i can use those improv in the moment um ideas like even just like the drawing that night was a, a lady who um I asked her what she did for a living. She's like, I work for a nonprofit. I was, and I was like making jokes of like, oh, hiring. Like, well, if you work at events, like, let's have me on the show. But then her drawing was of a dollar sign. And it was mm-hmm. like the person who works in nonprofit immediately thought profit. Like right, just right. finding those moments that I think are so fun for an audience that they know it's happening, you're present, they're only gonna see it at this show. It makes it a little bit more special for them totally. too. Um, so like, yeah, some of the jokes can lean a little bit, you know, aggressive or uh, uh, um, uh, innuendo-y or whatever, but it's just me riffing in the moment. So there's a little bit more leeway because they're like, there's still that surprise of, I can't believe you came up with this in the moment. Right. Uh, and it's never done. I think my character is such that like no one feels like I'm actually like attacking or doing anything negative because I'm a very positive person. So it's like mm-hmm. kind of unexpected coming from my style. Uh, anyway, but they, they just, uh, I, I love those parts of the show. So I think in this case scenarios, it's a nightclub. Everyone's kind of drinking. Sure, and, and I'm trying to get everyone's attention to focus on the the, the show. A few, a few, uh, a few explicit words dropped just to sure. get their attention right away. And then, yeah, we talked about a show I did, you know, at the City Winery a while ago, where like I had a heckler, and once you get to that eleven, it's hard to back down <laughs> from right. that. So, uh, yeah, it's just it's just playful and kind kind of having fun with an audience. And then, like, yeah, at a college, you might be listening to the audience, but they they need something else from me as a performer. So you make those adjustments. Yeah, I will say because I, I mentioned that gig I did for the Las Vegas Raiders recently, right before the season started, and it wasn't even intentional. But immediately, as I found myself easing into the performance those college innuendos came right back. Oh, right. Cause that only audience... because I could see they were laughing mm-hmm. at things that weren't even necessarily intentionally funny. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. But like, I was like, Oh, okay. I see the sort of 
what we're working with here. And like NFL players are young. Yeah, exactly. So it, it was very akin to playing a college. A lot of them fresh out of it. Right. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so as soon as I felt the show going in that direction, I knew how to sort of lean into it from from all the colleges in the past. So, yeah, I mean, I guess I actually do. You know, like, like right. I said before, you know where your limit is. Yeah. It's just a matter. I, I very seldom these days go anywhere close to that limit, even right. Right, even right, in social right. media and whatever. Sure. I, I really don't. Um, but there are certain scenarios, um, I guess, usually sort of closed door scenarios where I'll, I'll allow it to go a little bit further than I normally do. Yeah. A little bit more wiggle room. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Which but, is fun. But I think it's so important, too, because either way, you're listening to the audience and you're, you're present. And I think, I mean, we've all seen shows where performers just stick into their script. And it's oh, like, yeah. like there's a literal fourth wall between them and the audience. And they're just <laughs> right. doing it as if it's a recorded special. And, you know, right. everyone's just watching it. And it's, it's hard to watch sometimes because you're like, this just happened and everyone's aware of it. And you're not going to address that. Like, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, it's 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 trickier uh dude a yeah. couple nights ago this was maybe a week ago there was a loud beep happening in the theater i still don't know what it was like a mm-hmm. motorized wheelchair or something yeah i have no idea but and just like as i'm about to do uh you know like a story trick in the middle of the show um i just hear beep 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 beep, wow. beep. so i immediately just started backing up Oh, very funny. Slowly. Yeah, that's great. But, like, imagine if I tried to yell over it. Yeah, exactly. Or, like, not acknowledge. And, like, I, 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 in retrospect, I feel like that was, like, a, a gift that I thought sure. to just back up, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. But, like, cause, but you had to have some way of handling it. And, like, you know, in my mind, what, what better way than to just start backing up? And people got it right away, you right. know? Because yeah. everyone's thinking, what the heck is that noise? And mm-hmm. then, like, but they're all mm-hmm. looking straight ahead still. And now they see, oh, that's where the noise, but yeah. And anyway. you address that common thing that we're all experiencing in the audience. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's how you approach it. That's the right way. That was a funny one. That I, that's the funny. only time I recall that happening. There was a couple, I can't, I don't know if this still happens in your theater, speaking of beeps and sounds. I went to Broadway last night and uh, saw Music Man with Hugh Jackman and Sutton Foster. Amazing. Oh, that's great. And uh, But there's still people in the audience that, don't silence their phones. So, yeah, oh, that's it's... way more common than the beep, beep, beep. <laughs> you know what I mean? Or I said, I've, I, I don't recall the beep, beep, beep being a thing, phone thing. Yeah. You know, we, we all have lines for that uh, up the wazoo because yeah. it happens f- not every show, but way, you know, more frequently than you'd expect. But to not just like in this day and age, if you're going to the theater and you have your phone, just automatically turn it on silent or turn Don't it off. Don't get me started. That's Don't get me started on theater etiquette right now. <laughs> we had a blast at the show, though. It was actually Hugh Jackman's birthday. Oh, wow. Um, so what happened was in the program, they opened it up and you saw it said Sutton Foster's going to wish you a happy birthday. They gave us all little party hats and little blowers. And they're nice. like, keep it a surprise until after the bows. Oh, it's so fun. Uh, by the Very way, that cool. show, Hugh Jackman, such a showman. I mean, you rave about oh, yeah. Donny Osmond all the time. I was like, yeah. you got to see Hugh Jackman and just they're having so much fun on stage. And that's what makes this production of it so great. Well, he's a Donny in the making. Sure. Yeah. Come yeah. on. You know, he's not and, quite there in age yet. Same thing with like Derek Hough, you know, he's, mm-hmm. the, the, but give him 30 years, 20 years that, you know, they, they'll be right there. I mean, and just him and Sutton Fox, who has an amazing voice. Like the two of them, you know, just 
you can tell when they're they're trying to make each other laugh on stage and like break character, which How is kind of fun. How old is Hugh Jackman, by the way? Mm, mid fifties. He's 50s. a little fifty, right? So yeah. he's he's a little closer to Donnie. He's getting there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, they didn't say at his birthday party how old yeah, he was Yeah, what age he turned? They didn't say, come on, they should have said it. Anyway, but um, man, so I, would you say they were trying to make each other break? Yeah, they were trying to make each other laugh on stage, it seemed. It was just like a fun show to look like they were having so much fun being in the show, which made us in the audience feel like we were having fun. And it, and it is a little tricky with the golden age of musicals like Music Man, where it's like not really what today's musicals are like, because mm-hmm. this is definitely a revival. But, uh, uh, you know, and like long dance numbers that I remember mm-hmm. when I did the show in middle school, we cut like most of the dance numbers because we don't have that. Ta- we didn't have that talent in middle school to mm-hmm. do a like a. 10-minute dance break but uh it was just incredible to see in the sets there was even like um like the surprise the wells fargo wagon like had like almost like a like a a horse puppet that surprised me on the back of the stage uh and then like a whole horse costume when it was a little bit closer like you see it get closer (laughs) as the show Mm -hmm. as the sun comes but uh man it was just so fun to go to the theater and see you know the show that's you know the top of its game and yeah two performers and you know it was great i had a, a lot of fun there so yeah I, I can only imagine i mean i've just i've never gotten to see him live in anything like that but i hear he's just uh you know the consummate showman yeah matt we should jump into because we've been just chatting about this busy busy week but uh i think it's time we switch over to diddle me this diddle me this Diddle me that will Eric end up stumping Matt Riddles. All right, this is a uh, a number riddle. So you might need a pen and paper to write down just this number I'm going to give you. Because the, quest- the question is, what is special about this number? And I'm going to read it. Uh, what is this? Billion? Okay, I guess it's 8 billion... Five hundred. Hang on, f- hang on. My yeah. pen is okay. My pen is out of ink here. Okay, go ahead. So eight. Eight billion. Yeah. Five hundred forty-nine million. Mm-hmm. One hundred seventy-six thousand. Mm-hmm. Three hundred and twenty. And okay. I'll just read the numbers straight across. Just and you could put the commas where they're supposed I'll, to go. I'll read it. You confirm. Eight yeah. five four nine one seven six three two zero. Correct. Yes. Okay. What is special about this number? Well, I would say if that was like someone's bank account, it would be very special. <laughs> ding, ding, ding. Yeah. We, you just uh, have that much faith in me to give out my bank account number. Uh, no, no. <laughs> no, no. I mean dollar amount in the oh, bank. Oh, yeah. Well, that eight would billion, be. Eight billion. That's yeah, what's yeah. special, right? I, I think if you have eight billion in your bank account, then you're starting your own space program at that point, right? You could if you want. You could do whatever you want. I'm you saying know? if you're a billionaire these days, you're probably starting a space program. Probably. It seems like the thing to do, doesn't it? <laughs> Wouldn't be my first go-to, but whatever. I mean, that would be a good number to look at in your big Yeah, account. you said the question was, what is special about it? No, That's what's special. This particular number, why? What? what's going on with it? What do you notice about it right away, other than it's a very big number? Um... 
it has nothing to do from what I could tell with like odd and even because like that mm-hmm. seems to be a total random mix in terms of the groups of threes of mm-hmm. what the number is like in terms of which numbers are odd, which numbers are even. It doesn't seem to be going in an upward or downward trend mm-hmm. because it goes zero like from from right to left, zero, two, three, six, seven, but then goes to a one, mm-hmm. then to a nine. Um, I'm not seeing a correlation between the numbers like a pattern because mm-hmm. from eight to five is minus three right. five to four four to nine um what is special about this number is that how it's phrased that is yes um i can't see how this correlates to a date it's not like a number that reads the same way mm-hmm. backwards um you're you're eliminating a lot of the go-tos that I it took me to like look at this for a while too and be like what is what is happening? Yeah, How- like turning it upside down doesn't particularly Ooh. seem to do anything interesting. I love all of these little mechanisms <laughs> you're doing because this is what you should be doing when you're trying to solve a riddle is like yeah. think outside the box and and again I always tie this back to magical thinking is like that's what we should be doing when we're creating things, looking at things in different ways. Uh, what um. Uh, how how many numbers are there, Matt? If you're listening to this right now, honestly, because it's gonna take me a minute, just just try it. Write down the yeah. number eight five. Pause mm-hmm. if you have to. Come back with a pen. Write down eight five four nine one seven six three two zero. Yes. And just try to figure out what's special with this number. Um, ten numbers. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think they're okay. I think. I think it's a pretty basic answer then because I've eliminated everything else. Is okay. it just that it includes each number zero through nine once? That is a big part of it. However, okay. uh, the, so you found out that each number is used once. Each digit, mm-hmm. let's say, is used once mm-hmm. throughout. Mm-hmm. Uh, but why this number as opposed to you could arrange the digits zero through nine right. in different ways. Why are they arranged in this way? Maybe it has something to do with like um, measuring seconds. Like there's the the song from the other Broadway show there, five hundred twenty five thousand six hundred minutes. I just know the song. I don't That's know. That's good. That's good. The movie. Um, is this is this a measure of seconds that are in like a day or something or a year? I should say. Nope. It, it, it's some reason you already got the there's all the digits zero through nine. Okay. Why are they arranged in this particular order? I assumed uh, that they were going to like. Um, mm-hmm. be like the number of something, but this no. isn't a recognizable number like twenty four seven or something. Correct. So you were looking at that. patterns between the numbers before you eliminated it mathematically, mm-hmm. like between eight and five, and then five and four. So right. nu- numerically, like doing an operation that didn't give you anything. But is there another way we can kind of process these numbers or look at them? Apparently there is. Otherwise, you wouldn't be saying that. But um, True. I don't know. Uh, mm-hmm. Eight five four nine one seven six three two zero. It's not mm-hmm. not jumping off the page at me. What the correlation is as to yeah. why those? Yeah. How would you say those numbers? Eight five four nine. <laughs> For a second, I thought I was really dumb, no. and it was going to be eight six seven five three zero nine. Oh, that's very funny. Yeah. Um, how would I say them? I mean, you eight were... billion. You said eight billion. Oh no, no, you don't need the billions, millions. Okay, so eight five four nine one seven six three two zero. That's how I would say them then. If yeah, you want yeah. Me to what are, what are those sounds you're making? 
when you're saying each one. Eight five four nine. Eight five four nine one seven six. Call uh, toll free. Eight five four nine one seven six three two zero. If you have a long number, uh, r- like in a book, you don't sometimes see the digits like this. What's another way of expressing this number? You don't see the digits in a book. Sometimes, a number? sometimes in a long number you would, but each each individual number sometimes you don't just see like eight, uh, the the figure eight. You see it. Oh, like spelled expressed out? another way. Yeah. Oh, are they alphabetical. <laughs> nice, nice, very Eight. good. And That's then a even, tough one. Even between the five and the four, F I comes between before right. F O. Right. Yeah, yeah, right. absolutely. That that you know how I know that's a good one is because even before I checked to see if they're alphabetical, I really just went off the eight and the five. Yeah, the F, right. Yeah, and I immediately felt like I solved it. You know. Yeah, it's that inevitable surprise. <laughs> yeah, it's like okay, this has to be right. This is the one answer that makes mm-hmm. sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very Let's cool. Let's jump into trivia. Matt picks up the question, then he stares at it. Eric's at the ready time to use his wit pressure 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 trivia pressure trivia time it's october halloween trivia what sort of mask does michael myers wear in the original halloween okay don't even give me the options here (laughs) you already i didn't have options (laughs) yeah uh, it is a white mask that was, uh, the, this is the rumor, I don't know if it's actually been confirmed, although uh, I think it's pretty widely known, that they painted a Halloween mask of a celebrity white. Uh, Who is the celebrity? The celebrity is, and I'll, I'm just pausing in case anyone <laughs> wants to answer so they don't give it away right away. The answer is a, a mask of William Shatner. <laughs> that is correct. There what is go. the original title? I just feel like that was too easy. Mm-hmm. What was the original title for Disney's Hocus Pocus? That I do not know. Um, <laughs> I know they just came out with the sequel. Uh, are there choices for this one? I could make them up. Okay, make them up. Okay. I feel like I nailed this trivia, and I haven't done been doing well in trivia lately. All right, you want me to just let it be then? No, no, we need the answer now. No, I could just say it. No, no, no. Let me guess. All right. Because as soon as I hear it, I'm going to know it. Because I do. You think, think so? I think it's in the back of my mind. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. So mm. come up with your fake choices. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, Halloween Town. Mm-hmm. The Labyrinth. Mm-hmm. Magic Holiday. Mm-hmm. Halloween House. I'm going to go Halloween Town. No? <laughs> Halloween House? It's Halloween House. Yeah, I knew, I knew it was something like that. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween Town is good because that's also like Nightmare Before Christmas. Right, yeah, right. Yeah, very good. I just came up with it on the fly. Yeah. It's very similar to Halloween House. Mm-hmm. So Anyway, um, you did kill the William Shatner one, by the way. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to count that as the real one, and the other one was just a bonus. that I'm It getting. was a bonus one because I was upset with how long it took me to get mine and how long, <laughs> you know, how quickly you did yours. Um, anyway, um, we should we should jump into our goals and stuff. Yeah, I think, we're going to we're going to wrap up. We have a mailbag we'll save for next week. Uh, but before we wrap up too, uh, just a little like uh, shout out because I brought him up in the last um, episode, but it was before the news was announced. Um, uh, Teller, 
uh, underwent some uh, a quadruple bypass surgery and is going to be out in the show. So we just wanted to send him our best in a safe uh, recovery uh, as well because that's uh, pretty pretty big news uh, and uh, hopefully gets a quick recovery and gets back up on the stage. And I got Absolutely. to see them right before that, uh, that procedure happened. So uh, I was lucky to catch them when I was in town uh, and mm -hmm. they did a great show. So uh, our, our hearts go out to Teller. Uh, no, no pun intended. <laughs> hearts go out. Oh, okay. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> I didn't even. As I was saying, I was like, "That's not appropriate." Anyway, very, very much not. <laughs> uh, let's um, let's get into our goals, Matt. What did you What did you have for last week? Let me you take a look. You had. Um, Pretty sure I nailed it. Actually, you nailed it. You were to continue your fitness, your vegan yeah. eating, and running. I went for a 5K before we started podcasting today. Whoa, that's mm -hmm. intense. Yep, yep. Just a, just a quick 5K, no big deal. Um, but yeah, so needless to say, I am on the train. I am intermittent fasting. I'm not eating after shows. Wow. That's a bad habit to get into when you perform nightly as like eating junk food and like large restaurant meals or whatever right after a show. Um, and then like going to bed right after. So I've decided I'm going to try to like have my last meal prior to show mm. and then sort of not eat till breakfast the next day. And I feel great. So, so, so you're not doing a show at 10 p.m., getting back to your hotel, sleeping for an hour, then for the two hour drive back to your drop off for your rental car. You're not like stopping at random gas stations to get snacks to stay awake on the road. I mean, if I were in that scenario, I wouldn't rule it out. Anything is possible. <laughs> Got to have flexibility. But in my current situation, I have not found the need to be, you know, eating taquitos from 7-Eleven. <laughs> yes, that is that. This needs to be a goal of mine as well. I'm trying to figure this out uh, <laughs> while being on the road. It's it tougher tough. with travel. It's it really tough, is. For sure. But that's great. So what is the goal for next week? Oh, man, I got to I got to stick with it because I'm only on week two right now. Mm -hmm. I, I think I'm. I think I'm barely two weeks into this thing. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, I've been back on the vegan train as well. Yeah, so yesterday would have been 14 days. So I would love for me to be telling you about three weeks next nice. week. So we'll so see. Ongoing goal. Um, oh, yeah, man. It's a tough one. Absolutely. It's a tough one. My goal is uh, was to catalog my magic library, which is another ongoing goal. I didn't do much, but I did start to pull out some of those duplicate books mm -hmm. and put them in a pile. Mm -hmm. uh, but then just... My goal is to continue with that and also just I need to survive this month, man. <laughs> I am I am my wheels are spinning. I'm just trying to get all these gigs and I've got travel coming up in Houston and uh get some uh, rest. Nebraska Eat healthy. and Do your Ola thing. Connecticut. So much stuff. Uh yep. but uh that leads me to plugs. I've got a bunch of public shows coming up. Uh if you're in New York City, you can go to the Midnight Theater. Uh, the following Tuesdays, I will be there. We're off uh, this Tuesday, but the next bunch of Tuesdays in a row, uh, October 25th, uh, November 1st, November 15th, November 22nd, November 29th. I believe those are all still happening, uh, but you can buy tickets uh, through my um, uh, link tree on my that's on all my socials or check out the Midnight Theater uh, website. Uh, you could also see me if you're in Nebraska. I'm performing for a performing arts um, uh, uh, center uh, in Sydney, Nebraska on October 27th. Uh, and then later at the end of the year, you can catch me in Oregon uh, with another public show. And then uh, a, a comedy nightclub in uh, Illinois in January. All those 
details will be out more soon and I'll be posting those links in the same place off my socials. And of course, a lot of private shows. And uh, oh, I'm at Speakeasy this weekend, Matt. It's going to be cool. So I'm just even that's the, the hard part. That's why I'm so exhausted is I'm on the road. And then when I come back and I'm here in New York, I'm still Working. doing shows. So it's, it's all good. good stuff. It's all it's good all, stuff. I'm, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. It's just got to remember to keep uh, keep sane and have have some downtime for myself yeah. as well. Uh, how about you, Matt? Let's see. I think uh, this is crazy because it's only less than three months left to see this the, the current iteration of the show. And I'll tell you, when mm. everything's working and firing on all cylinders, it's really hard and like sentimental to make changes. Because mm. um, like, how do you take things out to put new things in when everything has such a good flow? But um, it's what we do, and it's as we continue to do it, just to keep the creative process flowing for ourselves, but also for audiences that – um, so they can come out and witness brand new stuff too. So anyway, um, treat yourself to a uh, Las Vegas visit. And if you do, mattfranco.com for your tickets or ticketmaster.com to come see uh, now through beginning of January to witness, um, geez, I guess the final days of, of wow. the current version of the show. So Amazing. Yeah. And of course, we have to thank uh, our lovely producers who support the show. Let's give a big shout out to Dr. Bob Baker, James Dawson, and Jesse Miller. We appreciate your patronage. And if you want to be a patron as well, uh, whether you want to be at that tier where you get a shout out, or if you want to access our video vault, or just support the show at any level, uh, visit us at patreon.com slash mindovermagicpodcast, uh, and you too can join up and get all those extra bonuses. Uh, and of course, you can shoot us an email. We love these mailbag stuff. We, we Again, we have some to get to in the next episode. Yeah. Sorry, um, we, don't, we don't get to every single one, yeah. but um, we are going to dig into it for next week. That's the plan. Mm-hmm. As um, it was today, too. <laughs> it was the plan, yeah. Mindovermagicpodcast.com. You'll find our email link, which is mindovermagicpodcast.com magic podcast at gmail.com and then again we love i've seen all these people following us on the socials matt they're popping in we love appreciate it. that at mind magic pod and uh we haven't done this in a while but like again help us with the algorithm uh if you say something nice about the show and wherever you're listening to this if you want to rate it five stars but more so just by word of mouth i know that we get still people coming up to us and tell us they're listening to the podcast which we love but like tell someone that you think might like this uh, you know we're breaking down showbiz in all different aspects uh, and I'm, with- I'm shocked by the number of professional mm-hmm. performers that yep. actually have you know exactly. mentioned listening to it. i was like really this is awesome wow yeah so tell a friend we'd love it uh to, to just uh raise our you know our com- little community we've got here uh to like keep growing that rather not raise but I, i'm tired matt <laughs> we got the point we got the point uh but we do appreciate you listening so thank you so much for being here and Absolutely. Uh, matt as always it's so good to catch up with you likewise brother i think now the episode is over Thank you.